All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, their young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm going to need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here and we can't wait for you to join us. All right, we're live and we're rolling, huh, Peyton? Oh, stealing my line. It's good to be back. Um, I've uh, taken a, a small hiatus as I moved to New York and, and we've had some awesome in-person interviews, so I'm really excited to uh, rejoin um, from now on. But um, Peyton has done an awesome job holding down the fort as, as we've seen. But um, Peyton, we, we've gone through you know this pod for a while now. Um, the summer is about halfway over and I just wanted to pause before we dive into the very fun topic we have today to just ask you, hey, recapping on this summer, how are things going? How are you feeling? You know what? Summer, summer 2021. Yeah, it is 2021. You know, dude, the years, you know, not even, not even sure what, what day it is kind of thing, but yeah, yeah, no, summer 2021 has been good. Um, we've been, we've been busy. The podcast is has been busy, right? This is going to be episode number 20. So that's 20 straight weeks of doing this, uh, which is, which is kind of crazy. Cause you know, we're working our way up to, to half a year almost, mm. um, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, and then, you know, on, on a separate front, uh, the business that, that Luke and I have started, um, that is really getting rolling and, and we're going to devote uh, an entire episode to, to breaking that down because the time is not quite right to fully unveil it. Um, but, uh, when, when it is, we're, we're really excited to share it with y'all. Luke, how, how have you been? You, like you just said, you moved to New York city. And when I say like, he just moved to New York city, I mean, like one day he was in Denver and the next day he t- like calls me and he's like, Hey man, I don't have internet in New York city. I'm like, well, why are you in New York city? He's like, cause I live there. Yeah. It was, it was a sharp turnaround. You know, we, I was in Miami for a little bit and thinking about moving there. Everybody's like, no, I'm not moving to Miami. I'm moving to New York. And so I was like, all right screw it, gonna head up there. Um, so got back to Denver from Miami and within two days had found an apartment, flew up, up there, packed one bag of stuff and and was moved in. And I'm still living in this little place. I have no no furniture, nothing. I'm just rocking and rolling. But I do have an office now in Soho. It's very beautiful down here. A lot of, a lot of fun people, interesting people um, enjoying my time. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's been a very busy summer from a from a business standpoint, um, work standpoint, podcast. So um, excited to dive into this because we do have a fun topic today. Speaking of our business, the biggest thing that we have to do um, in about a month or two is work on the sales side of this. And mm-hmm. you and I have a lot of experience in sales. You a little more so than me. I have my small sales experience doing insurance, electronics, and then masks with you. Um, and you, on the other hand, have done masks, but also I, I mean, right now I, I, I work for one of the largest software enterprise software companies. Um, so we sell on a daily basis. And, you know, I think the other thing that's important to understand is every single business is selling something. Um, you know, there's a great line from Peaky Blinders if you haven't, um, you know, seen it, but it, the line is, you know, we're, we're all whores, but we're selling a different part of ourselves. And I think that that applies to business very well because every business is selling something, um, whether it's a product or a service and the art of selling and the actual 
you know, execution of that varies from industry to industry, but there's a lot of similarities and, and points that, that are connected. So that's kind of what, what Luke and I wanted to, to talk about today. So Luke, Luke touched on it briefly, his experience, but like, why don't you dive just a little bit deeper? What kind of, like, what were you doing selling insurance and then what kind of electronics were you just pushing iPhones in the mall or like, what were you doing? Ooh, I wish I was pushing iPhones. No, no, no. So my experience with insurance was brutal. Um, definitely like a, your classic MLM, like, uh, got roped into that. I was, um, 17 when I had started kind of getting into it. Um, I was just looking for, I was like, ah, I got to find a way to make more money. Like I'm, you know, sitting around, uh, you know, not doing anything right now. Uh, you know, it's like 6 PM. I'm like, ah, like, well, what can I be doing? So I found a guy on Craigslist who said, I'm looking for insurance salesman, you know, advertising 50 bucks an hour. If you're good at it, I was like, oh, that's cool. So, uh, called this guy up. Um, we did a bunch of just back and forth on like what, you know, I wanted to get out of it and I did not know anything about this. So he sent me down to uh, a little city, um, South where I was living, um, to go to like some meetup. Everybody's like talking about their insurance, like how excited they are about their insurance, their private jet trips to, uh, you know, Hawaii or whatever, because of all the insurance they sold. And I was like, Oh wow, this is cool. So, um, I bought leads from this company, went around Minnesota and eventually North Carolina when I was at school and, uh, we just call people. So I got on the phone with probably 500 people by the end of this thing saying, so you were just slinging straight cold calls, dude, straight cold calls. All, all the cold calls were from new mortgage registrations and new marriage certificates is where they pull these leads from. So it's people who just got married or just got a house. That's, you know, big, I'm sure they were so excited to talk to you. Um, I got a lot of these like, hello, my name is and I'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, move on. But, um, you know, a few people were, were cool. There was this one guy in North Carolina who, who invited me to come to his barbecue. Uh, I think he could tell I was like a kid or something. And he was like, um, yeah, yeah, sure, man. Like insurance sounds great. Like just, you know, come down. So I come, I go in my like suit. I'm like all, you know, like trying to be professional, just like, 15 people sitting around a, a fire drinking beer, like hugging. And I ended up not selling anything to them, but I did get, uh, have a few drinks. So that was, that was fun. But, um, no, that is a completely different type of sales than kind of anything I've done since that's straight cold calls, trying to give them something that they really probably don't want. Cause it's going to be pretty expensive. Um, but that every now and then you find somebody who actually needs it. Um, and so it's like a numbers game, nothing else. In electronics, on the other hand, is not a numbers game. It, what I was selling were iPhone chargers, uh, battery packs, screen protectors, backpacks with charging packs in them, watches that were kind of like smart watches, um, all sourced from Alibaba uh, and some equivalent sites. Were you like drop shipping? So, so drop shipping bigger items, but actually had a ton of chargers and things like that sitting in a in a room in my in my house. I uh, drove my parents nuts when I started it. And then I brought them all to college with me and had them sitting in my closet. Um, and yeah, so that was uh, that was interesting. I did that with my best buddy in high school. The two of us started it uh, kind of as we were ending high school. And we got, we got pretty good volume right at the start. We would, um, you know, and we'll talk about this later, the steps in the sales process that I kind of learned from this. But like we started on Facebook Marketplace. We, we, you know, we had a website. 
very basic website, but you know, we started on Facebook marketplace and we just like throw charges on there, say, you know, we'd either make up a story about it. So, you know, take that for what you will from an ethics perspective, but we'd say like mom ordered too many chargers on Amazon, like giving them away for $5 a piece or whatever the case is. Right. And these are like $25 chargers. Um, and so we'd get a good number of hits on that. You know, we'd have other stories, things like that, or we'd just say like cheap chargers, like come get them. And, and we moved like pretty good volume for, uh, for like kind of the inexperience, but we did it very manually. We shipped very little of this. It was mostly local. Um, so people would order like 200 chargers from us and we just go drive them to that person's house. Uh, so from a cost perspective or, you know, from, from me now, like I would never spend time driving chargers around for like the equivalent of, you know. $40 in profit or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for me, I was like, Oh yeah, sweet. If I do like a thousand of these, I'll make $40,000. Like not realizing like, how unreasonable that would be to do. Yeah. Um, so, so that was kind of the, the, you know, that tapered on tapered off, I guess for the next like three years after that and ended up kind of formally closing down that LLC around the time that we started selling masks. But you want to give some background on the mask selling? Cause that was a fun experience uh, last year. Yeah, it, it, it definitely was. And I, I would say that the mask selling was probably my first like journey into the world of sales besides like the typical like lemonade stand, uh, mowing yards, like that kind of like childhood sales, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, I was an entrepreneur from day one because yeah, I mowed lawns right. and, and, and sold lemonade. And like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, that is a good for you. Like, that's awesome. I did it too kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I would say the masks were kind of the, the first thing. And that was an experience. Um, just, to, just to put it, just to put it lightly. I mean, it, we, we learned a lot, but we also probably didn't understand the, the, the scope and the timing of what we're doing. So, uh, for anybody that's new, we've talked about it a couple times uh, before on the show, but, uh, right at the beginning of COVID Luke and I were selling, um, and still are, you know, if anybody's interested in, in buying masks, uh, we still have a couple items left in inventory, um, hit us up t2venture.com. Uh, but we were selling PPE. So KN95 masks, hand sanitizer, um, Gloves, wet wipes, gloves, you, you name it, everything that was in, in low, you know, in high demand, low availability during COVID and Luke and I were like, boom, man, this is such a great idea. Like we're going to do this. Luke had a connection, um, in, uh, in manufacturing in China, China, right? Yeah. Through, through the, the, our, our guy who sold us electronics was like, oh, like I'm not able to sell you electronics anymore, but Chinese government told me I have to make masks. So I have extra masks. And now, you know, China got over it pretty quick. So he's like, I can send you extra stuff. And we're like, sure. Yeah. And so like another great example, I mean, we've talked about it here before, but like your network and like the people that you meet doing different things, it all comes full circle and it, it always comes back. So like if Luke wasn't selling iPhone chargers, we would have never tried to sell, <laughs> yeah, sell masks. So, uh, y- you know, Luke and I were like, oh, this is so needed. This is really hard. But what we realized is even when the product that you're selling is in such a high demand does not automatically equal high sales. Like it mm. was, it was hard for us to, to sell masks mostly because of a track record standpoint, right? When it comes to like medical gear, like yep. you have to be established. Uh, you know, there, there's all these approvals I have to go through. Like Luke and I spent a lot of time trying to push things to the FDA, um, to like get approved so we could have certain ratings on our, on our, you know, on our gear and, and things like that, because some hospitals wouldn't, wouldn't touch it. And like, so here we are literally with thousands of whatever all these people need, and we're still not able to sell them. 
Uh, not to mention the the logistical nightmare of international trade, which we still have masks sitting in customs that I, I can't get. So you know, little yeah, things like it's that. Been, uh, yeah, that's that's funny that I forgot about those. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and it was like a overall really cool experience to do that. The people that we did sell to, you know, I think we're very grateful for getting this, especially back in April and May of last year. You know, mm-hmm. able to get people masks when they they really couldn't get them at all um and nobody knew kind of the the scope of of covid um so you know i I think that masks themselves long like we're not a good long-term business plan no matter what and i think that um as a short-term business plan like probably not worth the time but i think we learned a lot and it's kind of led us to some new stuff but what about oracle like what what does selling look like from a software perspective the SaaS business model is is really cool to uh you know, to, to watch go through the sales process because it's something that is so capital intensive in the beginning. Um, and then obviously there is, you know, manual upkeep with it. But like for the most part, a lot of the work is done in the beginning and then the product is just sold in perpetuity for, you know, whatever it is besides, you know, updates and changes and, and things like that, um, which is, and you know, you're, you're bringing these customers in and you're setting up these long-term contracts with them where they use the product for a, a set period of time compared to like, you know, your monthly membership to like, um, to like boxed, right. Where you're buying, you're paying money each month and you're getting a new product. Um, so it's a little bit of a different sales org. And then it's also interesting just to see it on a large scale. Since I work at Oracle, you know, there's 150,000 employees and the majority of those people are in the sales org. Um, and like my role specifically, I'm a, I'm a solution engineer, so I don't actually do the necessary, necessarily like the selling of the product, but I am, uh, you know, running the demos and, and doing the sales engineering side of it. So before I came to Oracle, I didn't even realize that there was a sales engineering portion of the sales cycle. Um, you know, that was, that was completely new to me. And now going forward in the more time I spend in the world, I realize how important that is, but then it kind of just opened me, me up to realize how many different parts of the sales cycle there are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we've, we've sold a lot of different random products, obviously. Um, but there are a lot of kind of consistencies no matter what you do, right? There, mm-hmm. there's the first part of this is the validation. Like, like, what, are you selling something you know, that has merit in some capacity. Sometimes you don't know that until after you sell it. But are you selling something that has merit? Once you've established that, are you selling, uh, you know, how are you distributing that and how are you acquiring those products? So setting up kind of your full distribution chain of this is how I acquire the thing. Then I go from acquiring it to placing, taking the orders in and then delivering it to my customer via freight, via, you know, manual delivery, having them come into my store, software, sending it over to the cloud, whatever the case may be. Um, and then it comes down to like kind of your unit economics. Like, are you making any money on this thing? Is it a sustainable business? Like, how do you move forward with it? How do you expand something in sales? Sales is hard to expand, right? You just had to hire more people. There's not a way to automate it uh, so much other than, you know, tools pop up to help you with that. But yeah, um, Peyton, what am I missing anything on this? Or what are some other steps in that chain? No, I mean, from, from, from a high level, I think that those those are those are the steps and then there's just so many like individual nuances within um each of those and the it's it's those little things that people don't think about when they want to get into selling right or they or they come up with an idea everybody just thinks like oh i have this idea people are going to pay me for it i just got to go ask and as luke and i have found out and you know are are still learning is there's all of those steps that like he just laid out and I, it you know it it ties into the whole 
logistics side of it, which I, which is the most interesting part to me, right? Because I studied that in school and it, I love it. And that's originally why we did the mask thing. Um, but man, moving, moving product and, and actually delivering it to people and understanding how that entire value chain is, is connected to the business is, is, is so interesting because in an item like insurance, like what, what, like what did that value chain look like? I mean, cause like you don't, you're not, you're not holding inventory, you're not shipping it. So like that sales process and then compare it to, to masks. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, so it's much, I think insurance is much more similar from a salesperson perspective or from a business owner's perspective, um, than say masks or electronics, which are more physical good based insurance mm-hmm. as a salesperson is a lot easier because what you're doing, the sales is not easy, right? When you close the sale, the product you're shipping is not something that you have to manually control as an insurance producer, which is you know my title uh, when I was doing that. Um, you are acting as kind of like this centralized actor for all these different insurance companies that are partnered with your overall mm-hmm. organization. So when you offer a policy through, say, Northwestern Mutual, what that ends up doing is you file with Northwestern Mutual and then they coordinate that delivery of that insurance. So as a business owner, as like a insurance salesman business owner, right? I had my own LLC. I was, you know, full-fledged business owner in some sense. My product was taking care of me for by someone else. It's like drop shipping in a sense, right? Like they're placing the order through me and then I go tell the other person, hey, go give these people that product. It's kind of like uh, real estate, like arbitrage, like you being the, um, oh shoot, what's it called? But basically like a whole, like real estate yeah. wholesaling where you basically are connecting the ultimate, like the end customer with the person that's selling it. And then you're just that kind of the middleman. Yeah. Who's, who's taking a cut. Yeah. And so then electronics and masks are a lot more similar, right? And you have to have a product, whether that product is drop shipped and, and you're kind of being just that intermediary that, that markets it or whatever, uh, or you're doing it physically like I did with electronics and we did with masks where you actually place that order, take, wait the, you know, wait the three weeks or whatever for it to arrive at your warehouse or home or wherever you're storing it. Um, and then, you know, actually manually manage the distribution or pay for somebody to help you with the, the, the fulfillment of product, um, is a whole, you know, another step in this. Um, and so the main, the main things you have to do, no matter what though, build a brand around your business before that, once you've built that brand, um, what you need to be able to do, uh, is figure out kind of like how you're selling, how, what you're pitching, like what is the core value prop of the thing that you want to deliver? Um, and then of course, at the end of it is make sure that these unit economics work out. And that's going to be the main differentiator between all these things. If it's insurance software, you know, or physical good, like the unit economics are all going to be different. So how can you make those unit economics big enough where it makes the cost of building your brand and building the the infrastructure around your business um, to the place where, where it's profitable for you? Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about this off, off camera before we started recording and you know, at the end of the day, there's two kinds of products that you can sell. You can either sell a new product that doesn't exist or one that already does. And, you know, we were, we were thinking about it because we were trying to tie it into what Luke just walked through with, with the differentiators. And then Luke brought up the point that if you have a new product, it can either be the absolute hardest thing in the entire world to sell, or it could be the easiest thing um, to sell because either it completely addresses a, a gap and everybody understands that gap and the product basically like sells itself, or it could be really hard to sell because no, you know, it might be a new product and it doesn't exist, but nobody ha- has really 
nobody really understands the application for it or how it could directly benefit them right now. And then I think like the other really hard thing that I like, I've definitely, definitely learned the hard way is you're, you're building a product. This is true of sales in everything. Like you said, every business is selling something. So like I've experienced this, the positives and negatives of doing this well, um, across a lot of different types of businesses, but how are you different? What are you offering that's different? Because if, especially when you're selling something, that's like the only question that really matters when you're selling it. You have to tell a story and what that story that you're telling while you're selling it is this is why this thing is different than anything else that you could get. That's the same, whether it's differentiation on price, differentiation on your brand. What is the, the thing that you feel when you, when you use this product or you, you get, when you use this product, the accessibility of it, maybe it's really fast to get to you. Maybe it's really easy, uh, process for buying that thing, um, where it's based. So maybe, you know, this is sort of similar to a brand, but, but what are you focused on, um, as a, as a business, what is location? Um, and then, you know, uniqueness, maybe it's just something completely brand new that accomplishes a task or that, um, gives you a, a service that you weren't able to get before this product ever, you know, came to you in the first place. And so those five are, uh, are kind of, to me, the, the biggest things that you got to watch out for while you're, while you're trying to sell something, whether it's masks or, uh, insurance or software or electronics or crypto. Crypto. We'll throw back, <laughs> we'll throw back to, to Luke's favorite thing, dude, how, uh, you know, not, not to, not to dive into that topic, but it's not looking too good right now, just in the whole crypto world. Oh man. That, you know, in crypto world, it's kind of fun when you're, when you're in it, like when you're, when you're working in it versus when you're investing in it only from an abstract third party perspective, it's actually a very fun time to be working on stuff in this, like the, the innovations that are coming along under the hood, uh, while, you know, the prices of things are generally, uh, not doing so hot. It, it's super exciting. Like there, there's still a lot of money to be made in it. Yeah, because like, the, the pricing is not it. is not curbing demand, interest, intrigue in the industry as a whole. It probably is helping it just yeah, with the fluctuation. It, it is, and I mean, it it has killed a little bit of the fluff. There's still a ton of fluff in the industry, but it's killed a little bit of the fluff uh, in a sense that like the the Twitter like crazy people who are out there saying Bitcoin to you know one million and you know all that stuff. They've quieted down, right? When Bitcoin is floating between 30 and 35K for a month, like they don't really know like what to say, uh, which makes that part better. But what is interesting now is while these, all these things are range bound uh, between, you know, uh, you know, some 10% plus and minus of their current price, um, it means that the, the infrastructure below it or that's built on top of it in decentralized finance, NFTs, things like that have a lot more room to grow because they're not being buoyed by this crazy upward trajectory or downward trajectory since it's fairly stable now between you know some relatively large price bands but still um it, it makes it much easier but for a different day right we, we, i would love to talk about crypto all day but we've already done one crypto episode and we probably should do a 2.0 right we'll, um, we'll 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 do another one we 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 actually had people ask for for more which blew my mind but they just can they can sense your passion for it um well, well listen i mean that last episode that we did on it was just very elementary and we can go so deep that is like Luke, Luke can go so much deeper. Let's 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 rephrase it. I can support no, him. Peyton, Peyton can do. No, we'll uh, we'll we'll move back in. We'll move back into sales because, um, you know what what would be considered like the 
the checklist, like, you know, a couple very high level things, somebody that's listening to this, they want to go out and push their product. Um, they, you know, want to start selling whatever, what do they need to think about? Give them, give them, give me three things, three things to think about. So, um, I think number one, why are you different? Um, number two, how are you going to get the product into your hands and shipped to your client, whether that's software or a physical product? And then three, how are you going to establish your brand and your marketing strategy, whether it's uh, an e-commerce site or a physical store or whatever it is? So how are you different? How are you going to get the product or service to your customers on a cost-effective basis? And what are you doing to stand out from a marketing and brand perspective so that people know that you exist? Yep. I like that. I think... I, I won't give three because I think those three are great. But the other two that I want you uh, to, to also think about and keep in the back of your head is one, where are you going to derive the funding for this uh, from a sustainability standpoint? How are you going to keep the funding rolling? How much money does it take to get started? I think that finance component of it is a massive uh, part because, I mean, we've hit that roadblock before and it led us to raise money. Um, which is a totally different conversation, but understand exactly, you know, that money doesn't grow uh, on trees. You actually have to have it in order to start, you know, it takes money to make money kind of thing. And then the second one, and this is something that I've definitely learned through my experience in enterprise sales. What are you going to do to bring your customers back? Because you're going to sell something and that's great. You sell it one time, but in the grand scheme of you generating revenue and increasing sales, you need those people to come back. So what are you going to do to, to keep them happy customers? And then what are you going to do to constantly innovate and make your product better so they come back and buy it from you again instead of going to the other person down the road? Yeah, that's awesome. I, li- I like those two. Um, so yeah, I think we, we've given enough information here. Hopefully it was helpful. I had a lot of fun kind of recapping this. These were my, these were my glory days back in the you know, the early things I was working on. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think sales is no matter what you do, whether you're an engineer, whether you're an actual salesperson, you're just building your own business. Like every sales is helpful, right? You got to sell yourself and you got to sell like whatever it is that you're building to somebody, whether it's a boss, a customer, your parents, like you have to, make your investors, your inv- especially your investors. Um, and, uh, and so I think that spending time working on that, whether it's reading books or like listening to really, really smart people on podcasts, not us. Um, is, I mean, li- listen to us. We're just not like the smartest people that you can listen to. If you want to listen to people like yourself, listen to the real venture. Yeah. We're, we're the, we're the top of the pond. You know, we're just, we're, we're, we're not too interesting, but, but there are people who like, this is their thing, right? They spend all their time focusing on this. And those are the people you got to listen to, to really get some information, uh, on, on how to like approach life a little bit better. But hopefully this was, you know, something that, that you all can go in and kind of help start pinpointing what are the things you need to learn about in order to execute on it. Yeah. And if, you know, you guys have a product that you want to sell, you're not exactly sure what your business plan is, what you need to do please like reach out to us. We would love to walk through it with you. We are by, like Luke just said, we are by no means experts, but we've done it before uh, and we will continue to, to do it going forward in the future. So we'd love to, uh, you know, we'd love to talk it through with you, see if we can poke any holes in it. And then also, you know, maybe learn something from, from the way you're thinking. So, um, yep. And that's the whole point of all of this, right? Just recording conversations that we have around business, which is cool and it's fun. So, you know, appreciate everybody. And with that being said, keep it real, everybody. 
All right, guys, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to, uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well, plus uh, you know a couple little extra ones for, uh, for the real fans out there. So we appreciate you guys. Next, please leave a rate and a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support, we already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts, and I think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us.